Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a solutions-oriented podcast and live radio show. Each broadcast, we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore topics of interest for leaders and professionals in education and a variety of other disciplines. And this is your host, Brian Perkins. So welcome, everyone. I know some of you may have been looking and anxiously awaiting today's special segment. Uh, for the last uh, couple of months, we've been talking this up and that we have a, for the first time on Perkins platform, a repeat guest and rightfully so and deservedly so. Um, someone who uh, the first time they were on the show did an amazing job. We had a great conversation. And so now we've started a new uh, process, if you will, on the Perkins platform. We're going to have a number of quarterly special segments. And this first one, uh, I'm just so excited to get started talking about. And um, I know many of you that are tuning in uh, know who this is because you have you have heard her before here on the show, uh, the author of uh, This Is Your Brain on Food. Uh, now, uh, the thing about food today that we're going to talk about is a book that has been written called Calm Your Mind with Food, A Revolutionary Guide to Controlling Your Anxiety. And so today's guest, uh, as I said, is a repeat guest, uh, a nutritional psychiatrist, a professional chef, a nutritional biologist and an author of this international best bestseller. So I'm just going to jump right in and start my conversation with Dr. Uma Naidu. Welcome, Dr. Uma. Thanks so much, Dr. Perkins. I always enjoy talking to you, and thanks for having me back. Yes, yes, and I'm I. You know, so much that um, I think for us to talk about. Um, and, uh, I, you know, for those people, there may be a number of new people that didn't get to hear the first show, going to encourage right. them at this point to go back and, and take a listen to that show, which was entitled, this is your brain on food. You can do a search just for that show. Uh, but I, I, uh, so you have this new book that I definitely want us to talk about, but I do yes. want to go back because. I, I envy you that I, you know, I I call myself a bit of a chef myself, uh, <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's not great. nowhere the con the credentials you have. But I I like to cook. It's it's something that gives me a great deal of relaxation and and um, you know when I was a kid I used to watch my grandmother uh, cook a lot and so I, nice. I just picked it up and I wanted to learn how to do it and do it better. But, but right. one aspect to the work that you're doing, just what it was when I met you was the first time that I had ever heard someone referred to as a nutritional psychiatrist. So I would love, right. let's jump in there and tell us a little bit about your, your, your uh, cuisine that you specialize in, but I'd love to hear a little bit more first about what is it exactly that you do as a nutritional psychiatrist? Yes, yeah, so nutritional psychiatry is really the use of healthy whole foods and nutrients to improve our mental well-being, working in conjunction with medications of very important psychotherapy. So uh, the nexus of what I do is at the intersection of mental health, um, nutrition, as well as cooking skills. So the culinary arts, how to actually interpret the nutrition from a food that is beneficial for your mental health and then make an easy recipe. Because I think that 
that makes it actionable for people to be able to do. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. And then what about your, your work as a, as a chef? Um, how, how did you start, start that? Yes, I was a huge uh, Julia Childs fan. Uh, oh, she was my food nice. hero. Yeah. When when I was first when I was first studying uh, in Boston, I would you know couldn't afford public television, and I would watch uh, when I was studying. I'd watch you know uh, I I couldn't afford cable, sorry. So I'd watch public, public television. TV. Yeah. And yeah. yes, and she was on. She was on all the time. Her series. And then as I grew to learn about her and read more about her, I understood that. Her second career was uh, was being a chef in, in the culinary arts. Oh. She actually had a career before that. And I thought, you know, if she loved food and she could do that, why not me? Because I obviously loved food and loved nutrition and decided to pursue uh, going to culinary school. And for me, that really was one of the best experiences of my life. It taught me so much about kind of organizing your time. Um, chefs are extremely efficient with time because they taught that uh, as a very big principle in food because time is money in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of chefs do do uh, work either at restaurants or in other settings, of course. But I think that um, what I find, Dr. Perkins, is that if you can simply interpret a food to someone and say, well, this is, why, didn't you, why can you do this? Can you try that? It makes it easier for someone because it's so easy to pick up a processed, ultra-processed food. It's so easy to pick up fast foods. It's mm -hmm. so easy to pick oh, up yes. a frozen dinner, right? It's convenient. Yes. And our lives are busy. So we want to be able to offer people some guidance around the choices that they have. Yeah, yeah. That's that's great. Um, I, I, As I told you before, I'm the director of a uh, leadership preparation program um, at yeah. Columbia University, and yeah. I spend a great deal of time at the beginning of the program because I teach the first course. In, in the very first course, I talk about how important it is for people to eat um, well, specifically in our program first, because this program starts at 7.50 in the morning, and most of the time we don't finish until 5.30 right. in the evening. We go on for five hours, I mean, for five weeks and right. six days a week. And so I say right. how important it is if at no other time during this year, this for these five weeks, you really need to be conscious of what right. you eat. And so right. talk to them about the things that they're eating uh, that will will help sustain them. Not a lot of carbs and eating protein yeah. and green leafy vegetables and so on and so forth. And, and sometimes they think I'm a health nut, but I say, listen, I love French fries. I love all the bad right. stuff too. Right. However, right. I'm telling you for so that you will feel better and that you will it will help you. I've read a lot about how foods make a huge difference in terms of how we sit and learn, you know, what we retain. So I've read a right. lot about it. And so I try to to bring that to them. And I know that right. a lot of that you talked about in your first book, this is your brain on food, the, the yes. impact that food has on our ability to concentrate and, and do other things. But this next one, um, I'd love to hear more about uh, that you you've written called calm your mind uh, with yes. food. And it's about controlling anxiety. I, before right. you go specifically in the book, I want us to 
talk a little bit about this idea of controlling your anxiety, because I imagine there are people who are listening who will go, oh, but that's not me. I don't have anxiety. Uh, And so we're from what I would guess, we're not really talking about necessarily just clinical diagnosis of anxiety, but Mm -hmm. everyone experiences anxiety and has the ability to experience anxiety. So could you say a little bit about that, that uh, what it is that we're talking about here when, when you're talking about anxiety? Right. So anxiety can mean many things to, you know, to every, uh, uh, to, to a certain person. I think that, you know, the diagnostic, the DSM-5-TR, which is how mental health is practiced, using the diagnostic and statistical menu, um, sorry, let me repeat that sentence, using the diagnostic and statistical manual to help mm-hmm. diagnoses of individuals is is you know it, it's a little bit tricky because it really doesn't cover all conditions and all the emotions that different people are feeling so we want to take a step back and help us understand what does anxiety mean to a person because when they're waking up with a pit in their stomach full of worry they can't get their day started or during the day they have sweaty palms and a heart that's racing because they really just can't attend to the activities they meant to do or they're so concerned before they get to a meeting. It can present in a myriad of ways. I think what's critical to understand is that food may be impacting or worsening how we are feeling in terms of anxiety. We know from research that after COVID, anxiety has increased by 25%. It was always the most common mental health condition, but it's increased mm. even more. So everyone is experiencing some some form of of this this anxiety. So there is a diagnostic way that a, a mental health provider will kind of work through the diagnostic criteria with you. But this book is really intended for any one of us who is worrying, who has some anxiety that feels that life has changed and it's it's tough to almost recalibrate. It's tough to um, to feel better. Yes. So. I think that this is why it's really important to uh, you understand that there is this food mood connection and how we eat does impact how we feel. Uh, and that impacts that applies to anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. I I have often wondered how um, how much really food plays a role in, say, decision making. I mm-hmm. you know that. A lot of times, even what you said at the beginning around how easy it is to um, to pick up something quick, uh, junk food or or uh, frozen foods or what have mm-hmm. you, and a lot of that has to do with when you're hungry. I, I used but, to laugh when people would say, "Never go." I didn't really understand it, frankly, mm-hmm. but they would say, "Never go to the grocery store hungry." That's right. That's exactly right. It is so true because I have found I make very different decisions when I'm hungry and go to the grocery store. So now, honestly, what I've done is that even if I don't have a lot of of food, but I know I'm about to go cook before Mm. I go to the grocery store, one of my strategies, grab a handful Mm -hmm. of of walnuts or peanuts, almonds. That's a good idea. And just idea. to calm that that down. That that down. <laughs> and and I have another trick for you. You can also drink a glass of water. Ah. Because the signals uh for anxiety, 
sorry, the signals for hunger and thirst are in a very, in a very similar part of the brain. Uh, so my tip is you can actually, um, you can actually, you know, just uh, drink a glass of water and tamp down that those hunger pangs and then go to the supermarket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I like your idea too, because you can carry some walnuts or almonds, you know, in your work uh, suitcase, your, your yeah. work bag and, and be able to um, kind of get through that, that feeling of hunger. Yes, absolutely. And, and so decision-making is one thing, but going back to the anxiety. So we're really talking about that sensation of worry, correct? We're, we're talking about, That's right. Um, I'm not sure of what's going to happen and where, where let, let's talk a little bit about the physiology of what's happening there. What, what exactly is triggering us to have this worry and how does, how, how is it that there are certain foods that are able to tamp that down? Right. So, you know, the, um, there's a part of the brain, um, that, is called the amygdala that tends to be the hotbed or the, 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 the spot that is firing when you have anxiety. And the amygdala and hippocampus in the brain are associated with anxiety. Now, the interesting thing that I uncovered when I was researching my book was that our metabolism, um, the, basically you know, how we eat, the amount of carbohydrates, sugar, fats, um, you know, fiber, everything that we eat that's healthy or not healthy is handled through our metabolism in the body. And our metabolism is in a similar part of the brain. So here's the interesting thing. Um, When you are eating poorly and upsetting the healthy balance of your metabolism more towards an unhealthy metabolism because you are not eating well, um, you are starting to place yourself at risk for anxiety. So I think that that's super helpful for people to know because certainly it's not something we usually just, we don't usually put those facts together. Mm-hmm. And, and, and are there, I know what you've, what you've referred to those as, as anxiety busting foods, right? That's right. So the anxiety busting foods, I have an acronym for you. Um, and there are many, many more Um, you know, uh, foods in the book, but I use the acronym CALMS so people have something to remember, Mm C-A-L-M-S. And if we break it down for a second, it's C for a choline, choline from eggs or legumes and lentils. Uh, C is also for vitamin C and C is also for extra dark natural chocolate. Mm. Then the A is for antioxidants and ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is a very bitter herb used in Ayurvedic medicine, mm-hmm. but it actually has a significant amount of good benefits for anxiety when used as a supplement. Mm-hmm. So I, I do suggest to people that they speak to um, you know, their provider and maybe consider uh, consider taking this. So um, the and then the L is for liquids because when you are dehydrated, you can present with anxiety. So just sipping on water throughout the day, um, sipping when you have some hunger pangs, in case you can't eat your next meal right then, um, this is a good way to handle that. Also, calming teas like um, green tea, chamomile tea, um, lavender, and passion flower. These are different teas thinking out of the box, but are very helpful for anxiety. Mm -hmm. The M is more omega-3s. And the reason is that these are 
usually from wild fatty fish, wild caught salmon, and plant-based sources from chia seeds and walnuts. These are great sources for those omega-3s. The, the plant-based sources like nuts and seeds have a the short-term chain omegas, and those are less efficiently converted. Um, so you can always supplement there if you need to. And then the S is for spices and herbs, because we know there's a repertoire of spices that we can be using to feel to feel mm. better. Oh, yes, that's very helpful. Great acronym for that. Uh, I, now, so it sounds like much of your research pointed back to, uh, or at least what we've discussed so far, points back to the 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 brain and some of the some of the central nervous system uh, signals that come from right. what we eat. Uh, you also, uh, in describing your book, talking about the research you did on, and I'll jump to the first one, was about our gut. What right. What is it about our gut that has to do with our anxiety? Yeah, so our gut and brain are connected. They are uh, actually originate from the exact same cells in the human embryo. And then they divide up to form two separate organs, the gut and the brain. Then they remain connected throughout our lives by the 10th cranial nerve, which is the vagus nerve. And that acts like a two-way text messaging system, allowing for chemical messages back and forth uh, all day and all night. And this is where food comes into uh, have, an, have, a, have an action. When we eat food, the food is digested and then it reaches the trillions of microbes that live in our gut microbiome. And on days that we are eating healthier meals and making healthier choices, the breakdown products are very positive and they are feeding the good microbes. The breakdown products are things like short-chain fatty acids. Mm -hmm. But if we are eating the fast food meals and junk foods all the time, then the bad microbes are activated and fed and nourished. And when they thrive, they start to form inflammation and dysbiosis in the gut. Mm -hmm. And ultimately over time can lead to leaky gut because they start to pierce the delicate wall of the gut. So it's it's important to understand all of this in, in context. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And then you also men mentioned the immune system. What's the connection? Right the immune system? So 70% of our immune system is actually located in the gut. There, therefore, we need to understand that the way that we eat is also impacting that immune system and impacting all of those interactions happening in that area. So it's, it's again, important for us to just understand uh, how these connections are and what they mean. Mm -hmm. And I, I've heard a lot of uh, of talk about, I mean, especially now that for a lot of us, the immune system with, especially over the last uh, last few years with, with COVID, a lot of talk and people reading more and more about how to boost our immune systems. And that for, for many of us, the, the answers are, um, or that the, the answers right there in, in what we eat, certainly there, there's some that have other uh, 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 things that they have to do in terms of medications, but, but generally speaking, there are everything that I've read that there are uh, natural foods and vitamins that 
play a big role in our immune system um, just naturally. Yes, uh, that is absolutely true. Um, and I think that understanding that connection is so important because, you know, when people think about food, they don't necessarily think that the immune system is going to be associated with. They also don't think about the immune system being associated with anxiety. So what I'm trying to do in, you know, calm your mind with food is make these connections easier for us to understand so that we can use food to the best of our ability to help with calming the mind. Yeah, yeah. I I have, I'll tell you a funny story is that um, I had an experience. So in my classes, um, I give all my students, it, because it, it's the first class in the morning, before they start, uh, they have the option if they choose. Some people come to class not having eaten anything. And so right. what's available for them is a, a breakfast bar, cereal bar, uh, right, right. ones that are low in sugar. <laughs> and we make sure that that's the that that's the case. And and I I had a, a situation where I invited a guest speaker, and one of my students brought in th took the opportunity to bring in donuts, mm -hmm. um, just as a as a real uh, treat for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I absolutely refused to let uh, people, you know, people have them. It's like, you can have these later, but not as a part of what we're about to do. You know, first thing in the morning, load up on sugar and carbs, and then 1030 comes around and you're, you, you've reached a, a crash. And, um, and a lot of them were like surprised that, uh, about what I taught, talked to them about making sure that they, at the beginning of the day, had the mm. right kinds of things inside, you know, that it, that that affected the brain. So, and, mm -hmm. and especially there are a lot of these things that trigger everything you just said about the, the, um, the brain, but the gut and the immune system. But then finally, even about their metabolism, loading up on sugar, First thing in the morning is, you know, yes. is not the way you want to go. Right. I completely agree. That is sound advice from you because people don't realize they have these highs and lows. They crash from the, uh, from the sugar that they eat from simple carbs like a donut or, uh, you know, or, or other things. And, and then they don't really understand how they, they don't feel good during the day. They feel more hungry. They need another snack. It all really does start with, the, you know, the meal that you've been eating and how you are setting up your body either for these kind of spikes in sugar um, and then and then these um, these these, you know, these lows where you have a crash. I, I think eating a healthy, more complex breakfast is so critical in how we set ourselves up for the day, especially for our brains so that we continue to function. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I I, I've just paid a lot more attention um, to what I'm eating uh, these days, uh, especially when I have uh, a lot of uh, thinking to do. And, mm -hmm. and I, I, you know, I, I believe, and I don't have any empirical evidence, but just, just that what I've learned from a physiological point of view is just that I think one uh, for me, I feel better, so I learn better. 
But the other part is there's something about maybe the connection is feeling better and making better decisions. Um, yes. I, I, that's something I would love to study is wh yes. what are the decisions people make when they when they haven't eaten well? Yes. The, it, it, and this is so true because when, you know, you, you mentioned going to the supermarket when you're hungry, right? That's we're in a different frame of mind. Yes. Uh, we've all done it. We've made the wrong choices. We've stopped and bought something that we wouldn't ordinarily eat yes. or we might have once in a while. In a very similar way, the, you know, the psychology of eating when a lot of our foods are engineered in a way to tap into cravings. So they, they have a lot of added sugars. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of ultra processed ingredients. So we actually have to empower ourselves to make those healthier choices because the food system is um, is really not necessarily, or I should say the, the way that products are marketed are not really there for our health. They might be labeled a certain way, but many of them, unless it's an actual whole food, an actual broccoli, an actual you know a piece of chicken or tofu, whatever you yes. might eat, it, it's it mostly processed in some version. Now, it's, I'm not saying it's, you know, we should never eat a processed food. All I'm saying is we have to have that awareness. And that's, I think, what you're trying to teach your students that, you know, your body and brain is going to be impacted if you if if all you're eating in the morning is donuts. Mm -hmm. It's very different if you have a chia pudding full of nutrients, um, you know, plant-based omega-3s, fiber and protein to start your day. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think that slowly and steadily, we just, we, we you know, we need to be thinking more carefully about this type of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, before we, I know we already, we're almost out of time. I would like to hear your opinion about um, sugars because um, there, I mean, it gets a lot of play where people are saying, watch your sugars for the reasons of diabetes later and developing diabetes. But, uh, mm -hmm. but on the, on kind of the day, like here and now, right now, what is, ha what happens when we mm -hmm. eat sugar? I'd love to hear mm -hmm. your, your take on that both for, for, but particularly around people who are in leadership roles and very important mm -hmm. uh, decision makers uh, because we, you you said something earlier about the way our food is processed, lot mm -hmm. of added sugars. And I would venture to say just m more so than when I visit other countries and even colleagues that come to visit from other mm -hmm. places, a lot of times they don't like our desserts. I, I can't tell yes. you how many times I've had my, mm -hmm. my friends who would say, oh, it's too sweet like that is, that's right like I can't that's right it's so it. sweet that's yeah right. yeah the, it's, and, it's and outside of their experience it it, it it it's so it's so true it's out of the experience two things that people comment on are the sweetness of the food uh and the other is the size of the portions oh both absolutely. of which are not uh, both yeah. of which are not helping us yes, or yes. our waistlines <laughs> right because because if there's um the, the you know the, uh, the our dinner plate has increased over the last sixty or seventy years from eight to nine inches to ten to eleven inches almost twelve so um, it, even that way our our food portions have changed mm -hmm. so I think that all of those are really important things for us to understand um, especially as I, you know whether you're in academia or whatever your role may be because we want our brains to be functioning you want to be sharp we want to be able to teach our students the best information and all of this you know really counts 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so last thing, because I'm I'm gonna I already uh thought about it. I wrote this down. I'm going to go <laughs> and actually have my I'm gonna have my primary care physician also tell me if if it's good for me to to uh use this ashwagandha. Um, I, that's, yep. I, I've read about it, um, but hearing from you that it's a good uh, thing to consider, I'm, that's going to be on my list next time I have my, my checkup. Um, and, um, so you have this new book that's coming out, um, and I see that it's, it's going to be released on, um, the 26th. So next week, so I think that's next, um, next Tuesday, next Tuesday. Yes. From today. that's perfect. So, um, uh, tell us about where I guess where people can pick this up. Um, any any other places? I know you have so many projects going on, but where someone may um, may Great. may hear you, see you speak. Um, I told you before, I'm determined to get you over to our campus. So we still have to find a time when you're not so busy. Get you down yes, to New I York City. I would love to have you down. I I would love that. Um... Uh, so I, you know, the best way to pick up the book is your local bookstore or right now online, um, because your bookstores that your favorite bookstore will have it online. That's the best way to pre-order it. Mm-hmm. You can also go to my website, umanaidumd.com, where you'll get some extra uh, bonuses um, if you if you select to buy it there. Also follow me on social media at drumanaidoo. And also um, another option is, is in addition to the book, um, you know, follow my weekly newsletter where I talk mm-hmm. about a different food and the effects on the brain uh, each week. And that way you get to learn about the different foods that can help you. Absolutely. And and uh, what I discovered is that there is a pre-order price. Uh, so those of you who are interested, like me, I, I ordered the book um, and there's a pre-order price. So um, you can save money if you order it now. Um, so um, <laughs> just want to encourage people to <laughs> go you. out and, and do that as <laughs> thank well. You. Um, absolutely. Thank you. Yes. So thank you so much for your time. And like I said, I know you're very busy and I'm looking forward to our next talk uh, next quarter. So those of you who um, are interested, we this is going to be a regular quarterly series. And I'm, I'm excited to learn more, be picking your brain and hearing more about, because I have a lot more questions uh, about uh, nutrition and brain work. So um, looking forward to talking to you again really soon. Until then, go well, stay well.